Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Karina and myself are delving into the topic of crushes. And the reason is this. We think that crushes are just for little kids when in fact they happen throughout our lives. Sometimes we become infatuated with different people here and there. And if we don't know what to do with them and we misinterpret the feelings, it can make our lives very complicated. And in some cases, make it very, very terrible. So if you want to avoid that, if you want to be able to master this concept of crushes and make something good out of them, turn them into something productive, then listen to this episode. It's actually really important. I think everybody at some point in time has had a crush on somebody else. And if you didn't know what to do then, well, you sure will now. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. So we're trying something new today, and we're going to call this the bread experience because Karina is from the South of America. I'm from Canada. So we're, we're meeting in America. So we're like the buns of a burger. And this is the first time this has really happened. We're taking over this country and we're doing this collaboration. So as you know, Karina has been doing Spanish ministry and she's like the Spanish wing of High Noon and doing a whole podcast in Spanish. She's also been doing episodes for us in English, representing women. But now we're going to do a collaboration, two worlds coming together. And it's centered on what, Karina? What, what is driving this conversation? Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you again. So today we want to talk, well, I want to talk and invite Andrew to talk with me about crushes, because that has been a very big struggle for me in my life. And I have received many people currently that have talked to me about crushes and their struggle with crushes. So I think this is not uh, something that just few people struggle with. There's many sisters and brothers who are in the process of overcoming their crushes or going through a crush. So it's good to talk about it and see how we can interpret these feelings of crushes. Yeah, because that word, I mean, I guess we use that word kind of when we're younger, crushes. But that feeling of kind of aggrandizing somebody, like longing for them, thinking that they are something doesn't go away when you're an adult. I think we just don't call it crushes. There's definitely like, you know, I was talking to a guy who's married. He has two or three kids and he was struggling with this woman at work. Whenever they meet at in the, the kitchen space, when he's going to go get a coffee and he sees her, he, he clams up because he's got these feelings, these strange feelings about mm -hmm. her that he doesn't know what to do with. So it's good to understand regardless of your age so that you can kind of navigate these emotions and understand how to make them work for you instead of like turning into this awkward mess of a human being because if you can't work with them it's easy to let them take over and i also heard from this one guy he knew a guy that was married he's older he's in his 40s at that time and he was going to work one day and one day this woman kind of looked at him and was just like giving him that look like this and he was like his heart fluttered and he's like oh my god you know she, I, she, he felt so much for her and he so he took the same route to work every day to try to find that woman and became obsessed. He was a married man, you know, kids and everything, but it became this obsession. You know what I mean? And so it can really yeah. like, it can get to you if you don't understand it, if you don't know how to deal with these kind of emotions. And this is a great topic. And I don't think we've ever really covered it in detail. So Karina, share with me some of your knowledge on the topic, because it sounded like, please let me know about your own experience. I remember you saying something like you were a crush machine growing up. <laughs> <You had a lot laughs> 
You had a lot of crushes <laughs> on people. What was that about? Yeah, I don't know why this specifically, but yeah, I have two kind type of crushes. I don't know if that's something that other people relate with, but from one side, I would have a crush on people who friends they were close with me. So um, if I have a a friendship with a with a brother, even in the school or in a, in the church, if we were close, I will start to have a crush on him, which was very annoying because it never allowed me to create real friendship. Because every time we were getting to a friendship, I will start to have feelings for that person. So that's one type of crushes I had to deal with. And it was very sad because I, I always had to cut our relationship before really creating a genuine friendship. I, wait, yeah. how would you do that? You just like kick them out of your life? <laughs> how would that um, happen? Like you would start to have a crush on somebody and you'd notice it and then you just like stop talking to them or how does this work? Well, funny story. One time I have a crush with a mate, classmate in okay. high school and I went to him and explained to him all the faults, explained to him why I have a crush on him, but why I cannot be with him. And I explained to him <laughs> like, the apple and lucifer and everything my god <laughs> it didn't work he was like what <laughs> i don't recommend that path <laughs> definitely so you basically yeah. just scared scared the crap out of the kid and then basically never to you again. Okay. yes but uh, the other other ones i just started to do intentional decisions to take a step back and yeah and the other type of crush i had was one that it was more like that obsession. Before I was started, I was ready, getting ready to become a candidate. And there was this person and I thought God told me he was the one. And <laughs> by the way, it's not Robert. And I thought, I thought he was the one. I was like, okay, this is the person. I will wait for him for the rest of my life. He is the one. But I, at some point I realized that it was unhealthy because I didn't really know that person. And beside that, feeling I didn't have any sign from God that or from from myself that he was the one actually so I needed to go through the process of really like I had to get out this person from my mind if I really wanted to become a matching candidate and it was a whole year of working on myself to be able to take it out because I was every time I will have free time or I'm walking, or I'm traveling, or I'm not really in focus on something, I will be thinking of him and fantasizing about a life together. So hmm. it, it is bad, but when you get to that point, it's really hard to change and, sure. and get out of from there. Yeah. Can I, don't I know, ask that, you, like, sure. what, when you think about this guy now, like, do you have any feelings whatsoever for him at all? Have they completely no. disappeared? They completely disappear now. Yes, no, no. I, I I get to the point of where I hate him. So, <laughs> <laughs> my God, well, I was like, it's not fair. <laughs> it's an important point though, because I mean, those people that you have a crush on, you look back and you're like, you have no feelings for them in hindsight. So that's a really important lesson: how fickle and temporary these crushes are, and how little they actually mean, and the scale of things, like in terms of like real meaningful decision making. That the idea of, oh, I have a crush on this person. I have feelings for this person. Guess what? Feelings change every second. So don't rely on feelings. So, yeah. Cool. So what did you do during that year? That's that's curious. You were struggling every time you close your eyes and you're trying to go to bed. You picture being on a horse next to this guy who's on another horse and you guys are going down the beach and like 
how do you deal with this kind of obsessive crush situation? Yeah, it was it was very funny because he wasn't even in my own country. So we were not talking. We were not physically together, you know, but I it was just like they thought that he was the one. And I will I think the problem was that I in the beginning, I have allowed myself to fantasize on a future together. So that put me on a hill that my brain just get obsessed with that because when you are, when you have these feelings and you have a crush or you're in love, your brain generates dopamine and it's the same way of like being drugged. So I, it was really hard to get out from there. And I remember I pray, I did conditions. I was like really trying to clean myself and put it as like, being being strong with that against that but what helped me was actually to start just to connect with myself and with God and accept the fact that I have those feelings I was just like not looking at the pink elephant on the room but just accept the fact that it was there and trying to focus on another thing you know not saying like I should not think about that I should not think about that or like judging myself because the elephant pink elephant was in the room but little by little giving less importance on my life and accepting that I will I could still get ready prepare myself for the matching even if we I have that little by little it will go away and I think it was just a matter of time and just a matter of me letting go and accepting that he probably wasn't the one and just praying and here's where I generate a theory that I think like we receive some signals from our spirit when we are we have a crush or we are have feelings over someone that those feelings are not actually about that person but it is telling something about ourselves mm. so those feelings actually are telling us that we are in longing for connection and intimacy and we are not getting that right now or we're not really looking and searching for that so you can get the same result by trying to find it from a different source instead of trying to find it from this fantasized future and as well we sometimes get easy want to get to the plan of feelings and fantasize of the in the now because we really don't connect with the present and we want to avoid the present so we get to the, we allow our imaginations to go to the future and to get to this place of feelings and thinking that we are in love by this imaginate person because most of the time it's, most, it's our imagination who we are in love with, not really the person that we think we are having feelings for. Yeah. So, yeah. So this person gives you a feeling and then you associate that person with that feeling and then you almost put them on a pedestal as they're the they're the gateway to that feeling and you need them for that feeling and all this is happening without your conscious awareness yeah that makes sense and so you in this situation weren't really seeing this guy a lot so it kind of just faded away i guess after a year but the people that you're talking to are the one that you mentioned before we got into this you were saying sees sees the person a lot so that's kind of a different situation because one is like, mm. you know, the person fades from your memory because you're just not seeing them. But what happens when the, you're face to face with this person constantly? Like, how, how do you deal with that situation? Yeah, that, that's hard. I think like my recommendation to, the, to this person, any person who isn't going through that is like, 
anytime you pass by and you have this feeling like, ah, I wish I can talk with him or have this connection or get closer with him, stop and write that. What, why do you want to get from that experience? What do you want to get from that experience of being closer with him? Most of the time, the answer is like, I want to feel love. Well, where, how I can get the same feeling of being loved without trying to get it from there? And accept the feeling, just like as the weather. You accept the weather, you don't judge the weather. Just see that, acknowledge the, weather, acknowledge the feeling there. Don't judge it, but don't still like make it a bigger either. Don't allow yourself to make it a bigger. Just acknowledge that it is there and accept it as what it is. Like just a feeling, uh, just a thought. That's not yourself. That requires a lot of self-control and a lot of knowing yourself. And actually, being in that position is actually very good for you because it will allow you to get closer to the first blessing, which is unity between mind and body connected with God. That process of trying to get control on yourself, on your feelings, and knowing yourself is actually a process of going through the first blessing. Uh, so it actually overcoming these struggles, these internal battles are the perfect training for the foundation to the second blessing, actually. So it's not bad. It's not because you have a crush, you're going to be like, you're not, you're out and you're going to go to hell or everything, you know, but it's actually a great training to get for a foundation for the next step. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Like, what about your experience with people about this? Yeah, it's it's always connected to something else. So like the fact that you are associating this person with a feeling, it's as much as you can kind of separate your feelings and your vision of somebody else, the more that you can make sense of it. And it's hard to do it because in the beginning, it's all just like this soup. It's like this person is a soup and they just give you this feeling, but you're not looking at the ingredients of what made this soup. And I just know it personally that Again, like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's kind of a misinterpretation to when you when you feel something for somebody and it's a crush. Let's say you have a crush. It's an indication that you admire this person, that you like this person, that there's something, some good quality in them that you like. But usually a crush is the selfish taking of that. Like you, you want that thing that they embody, that feeling that they give you. It's very selfish. You don't really care about them or their future when you have a crush. You just like something about them and you want it, you know, like this really fat person who just really wants food and doesn't care what it's made out of. It's just like, get it in me, you know, and it's the same kind of really unquenchable thirst for experiencing that feeling, right? Because it's not, you can't be highly emotional and logical at the same time. You just can't. Mm. So crushes are not logical. So the idea is like when you have the crush, I like what you're saying is to not freak out, not get too worried or too self-critical, but to step back and start to look like at what's going on. Where are you at? What are you missing out in your life? And what are you attributing to that person? Like, oh, they're going to be my savior. They're going to give me this feeling. It's like, well, you can produce that feeling yourself if you're smart and you take time to kind of learn about yourself. But it's easier in hindsight. Like we're talking about it from a very kind of you know, mind-oriented vantage point, but emotions, when they take over, good luck doing anything other than <laughs> feeling, that, <laughs> feeling that emotion. But mm. to me, that's why prayer is good. That's why meditation is good because you're slowly 
separating yourself from what you're experiencing. And you can look at it from a bird's eye view and say, oh, this is what's happening. But when you're in it, you have no choice but to just feel it, right? Just feel it. Mm. But I mean, I've had crushes even as an adult. Like you meet somebody really cool and you're like, wow, what what would it be like to be married to them? And like, as a beginning thought or notion, it's really kind of harmless and childish. Mm. But if you do feed it, like you were saying, if you feed that, it's going to get stronger and then it can turn into an obsession, right? And then at that point, you're like, well, what am I, if I'm putting energy and emotion into this fantasy, what am I taking that energy away from? And if you're in a relationship like me, it means I'm taking energy away from my wife, that I should be having these fantasies about my wife, but I'm taking that energy and I'm putting it into somebody else, right? But it's harder when you're single because all you have is like an idea about the future and what what marriage is like and all that stuff. So it's all speculation anyway, right? Yeah. So, but you know but, that better it's than still, me. It still is a waste of energy, even when you're single, because it doesn't take you to anywhere. It just, and this is the part, like, I think the heart is very sensitive. And when you allow yourself to get connected with this fantasize and feelings, and then if this is not in a protected relationship, this is going to crush sooner or later and it's going to make you feel horrible and it's going to hurt you and the heart is going to hurt. So it's like, it's just a bomb of time, which because I suffer so much to that, I almost have like negative feelings. I hate crushes, (laughs) but I needed to go through the process of really like being going through, like really be suffering from it, which maybe not everyone goes to that and allow themselves and yeah. But at the same time, I think it's unhealthy to see in that way of that negative. I think like we can see it from a healthier perspective if we think about them as something that we can learn from, that is telling something about ourselves. That, But as you say, when you are with feelings, it's really hard to look with rational mindset. And that's why I think it is so important that when you are in a, when you have a crush or or feelings over someone to say it to someone to say it i think it's really important to report it not to the person yeah yeah Never to the say. person <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good idea <laughs> yeah that's the recipe for an explosion to happen yeah 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 no i agree to tell somebody because when that's what i the biggest problem with dating as we know it is that you have two people who are drunk off of emotions who are creating a dynamic completely driven by emotions. And there's nobody who's sober, who's like a third party to help guide it. Because mm-hmm. you're, I mean, in the in the 60s, especially in the 60s and then 70s, what they did was they separated parents from the equation of dating. So it's just like, I like you, you like me, let's make something happen. But it's completely just emotions are running that, they're, they're driving that ship right? Which means that it's a disaster. You're eventually going to crash that ship. But if you do have somebody outside of those emotions, who can look logically at the situation and be like, you know, maybe slow down or maybe, maybe that person isn't exactly the way you think they are. Or maybe they know that person, like you like that person, (laughs) you know, they can give you a different perspective that you cannot see when you're driven by emotion. You just can't. Not, not for a period of time. They say that idea, that feeling of being in love, that euphoric feeling of being of infatuation 
has a shelf life of about 18 months. You know, when you're like, you're still in that because you guys have been blessed, I think less than 18 months. You guys are in that. But it's got this, it just expires at a certain point. And so during that time, it's hard to see. You just can't. I could tell you a million things about your husband and he won't be able to really see them because you still really lovey-dovey with him, right? And that's a good thing. It's like time to settle. But when you have a crush, yes, to tell somebody, especially like an adult who's been there, done that, they can be like, oh yeah, they can kind of calm things down a bit because you get swept up in emotion and you end up doing some very irrational, stupid things, you know? Yeah. Because again, you just can't even see outside of that emotion. Yeah. You think as well that that's the only person that can make you happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But what is the difference between crushes and love? That's something that I think it is really important to distinguish or fluctuation feelings in being in love and the real love. What is that dif the difference? Well, the feelings of love and love are different based on action. Sometimes love has no loving feelings connected to it whatsoever. When your child is sick and vomiting at three in the morning and you take care of them, I, d I don't feel in love <laughs> in that moment, but that's love. It's a loving action, right? So the feelings connected with love and the actions of love are sometimes two very different experiences. And again, when you're infatuated with somebody, when you've got a crush on somebody, you got these feelings for them. It has nothing to do with them when they're sick. That's one exercise that I do try is if I'm noticing I'm having feelings for a woman, I really, you know, this might be weird and graphic, but I try to imagine them vomiting or having like food poisoning and having diarrhea or something I'm like that's reality. That's the real them. Not this weird fantasy that I'm creating where they smell perfect all the time or whatever. Like, no, that's not, that's not human. There's, I'm not attributing them human qualities, just like these, this weird fantasy version of themselves. And that's not fair to them, right? And it's not fair to me and it's mm. not real. And eventually it's going to come to pass that everybody farts, Rena. everybody farts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one guy, actually, one guy, this is very apropos, this one guy I know, he's kind of an extreme guy, but growing up when he was in elementary school, if he noticed that a girl was crushing on him, he would go out of his way to fart in front of her to dispel any possible future crush. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a... Yeah, he's just trying to be as gross as possible to make her like feel grossed out by him. I don't necessarily recommend that or not recommend that, but that was his strategy and it seemed to work pretty well for him growing up. <laughs> wow, what a training he had. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's an extreme dude. Well, I'm going to ask you this. You and Robert recently went through the matching process, but before you were matched, you were talking and now you're blessed. So the blessing is like obviously free for all, crush on each other all you want. It's your husband, for God's sake. So you should crush on him. But in the matching and then pre-matching, so like while you're courting and even while you, even in the preliminary phase, were you careful to not feel too many emotions? Or like, how did you deal with crushes as you were merging into a couple? So for me, crush is this feeling of like fantasize and being in love with the person without really knowing the person. And... The only time I have a crush on Robert was in 2016, the first time I met him, actually. Whoa. And that was when I have a crush on him. And I was 19 years old that time. And I remember praying to God, God, I have a crush on this person, but he's so pure and such a great guy. I don't want to really be like, I think like, I don't want to make him dirty with my thoughts. <laughs> uh, and 
I will really want to focus in our brother and sister relationship. And please, if something has to happen in the future, I just put it in your hand. Please just take it out from my mind. And that happened immediately after that pray was the easiest crush to overcome in my life. It just went out. The feeling went out and I was able to talk with Robert as a brother and sister, as a very comfortable to each other. There was no awkwardness or anything. And I didn't feel like, oh, he's mine or anything. It was like, okay, a friend. And then we started to talk again, but it was after me overcoming this very hard crush of one year. And I told myself I will not allow myself to have a crush on anyone yet in my life. (laughs) So even we we were talking as friends. I, of course, I had like, oh, it would be nice if at some point this becomes a relationship, but I never, never let it more than that. I was talking with a friend and never let it more than that. And even in the matching process, I, when I started in the matching process, of course, it's like this nervous and stuff, but I never allowed myself to fantasize with Robert because I didn't feel that he was mine or it was, I was allowed to do that. Or even like, I didn't want to destroy my reality through my fantasy so this was real so I didn't want to mix it up with fantasy I want to really live the reality that I was going through in the present so and even today I don't know I don't fantasize with Robert I don't feel like I have a crush on Robert I do see him and I feel so much love for him and sometimes not and (laughs) we won't won't tell him you said that (laughs) but uh, I do feel like blessed my biggest feeling of love is like wow how blessed i am to have this person next to me and feeling like wow that's most of my feeling and not really like i don't feel that the 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 need of fantasize or imagining or really go beyond of what my reality is i can get through my reality yeah yeah i mean that's what's recommended but it's really hard like this idea of reserving emotion until after the commitment because emotion without commitment is just kind of like a disaster right but it's also while you're getting to know somebody you can't help but especially you're considering being with them for eternity it's hard not to speculate a little bit in your mind and think about oh you know what are our kids gonna look like and all this stuff you know even if you guys are pre-kids so you have no idea what your kids are gonna look like how many are you going to have, What they're, if they're going to be born bald or with an afro or you have no idea. So I know sometimes people get emotional about that, but it seems like you went about this in like a very practical, practical way of like going through the process of getting to know the real him and not letting your viewpoint of him be tainted by some sort of fake version, some fantasy version of him during the ma- the courting phase, right? The matching yeah, and that's why, why I'm so grateful for the training of the other crushes make me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it, yeah, they were a, a pain to go through them. But I think they really trained me in a certain way after going through those. So that's why in a certain way, I'm very grateful to them because I was able to get um, way more mature of what love is. So, yeah. But of course, like uh, there were some times that I, I I imagine like our future with Robert and stuff. But I don't know. I just realized future is so uncertain. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. And so for all those people out there who might have a crush on somebody, what what should they do right now? What's something they can do right now? Uh, tell it to someone that they trust. 
not just leave it there. Like it has to be some. I have tells this to people, and sometimes it doesn't didn't work out so well. But tell it to someone, and not not have, keep it as a one conversation. It's not a confession. Like it has to be a continued communication about that. Something that you can almost like an accountability partner. And that's why high noon. It, like all the resources of high noon. If you apply with whatever situation you are going through, it's almost the same principles. It's like the porn recovery is, is you can apply the same principles of most everything. It has to be a continuous conversation with someone that you can let know what is your progress or not. Just like let them know how you're doing, what are you feeling, what are you going through in the moment and getting that connection with, from another resource instead of that person. And it started to be really aware of yourself and and question it yourself, like where is this coming from? Why I'm having this feeling and connecting with God. I think that's the best. And don't give it that much. Don't interpret them as romantic. That's the interpretation that society has put you in your mind. That this is this is how you should interpret your feelings as uh, something romantic for your life and the love of your life. And the society is not you, really. And this, that's not the reality. Those feelings are, as we say already, we're telling something about you. So focus on yourself and knowing what, what is going on and why, what are you avoiding from the present? What are you not really liking about what, you, what, what you're going through? What do you want for the future? And all that, I think it's going to help you create. I don't know, you, Andrew, what, what do you think? What else you can add to that? No, that's all good. Just always talking it out, getting it out of you, right? Separating yourself from these kind of feelings and these thoughts and being able to look at them. And it always helps to have somebody else as well, somebody that you can trust to sort through them. Because it's like being lost in the jungle of an emotion. You're just going to kind of eventually give up. But if you have somebody else that can kind of create some clear pathways that make sense, then there's, you'll be able to sort it out and understand more what's happening. But the the best strategy is always don't just go with your emotions, like understanding your emotions. You're meant to be in control of your emotions, not the other way around. Most people are completely controlled by their emotions. They think, oh, this is, this ha- we're meant to be. Why? Because I have a feeling. Oh, wow. Okay. Whenever people tell me that, I had a dream about this. It's got to be real. It's like, I had a dream that I saw a snake wearing a cowboy hat. That's got nothing. Who cares? <laughs> it's a dream. Like. Your interpretation says more about what you want than the dream says about anything at all, right? It's a lot about your subconscious thinking. So get it out of you. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing or that, you know, it's just like getting it out of you and so that you can see it and talk about it with somebody else, then you have much more power over it. If it just stays inside of you, it will take over you. It has a chance at least to take over you, your thinking, your actions, becomes this obsession. You can't win. Can't win. So awesome. Do you have anything else you want to add before we part ways? Uh, if you are helping someone uh, going through the process of overcoming a crash, don't just have that conversation and forget about it. Keep asking about it. How are you doing? What is your decision? Because at some point they might give up. You know, I myself give up on certain crashes. And that's where, that's where I did the biggest mistakes of my life because I thought I couldn't hold this, this anymore, you know? And that's, I, I shared with someone before, but they never asked me back again. And I, I kept the continuation from there by, for myself. So never judge the person because if they don't feel like, if they feel judged, 
they feel like you're gonna correct them or not, not correct them but say like why are you doing what you have this feeling that's bad that they're not gonna trust in you anymore but continue the conversation try to ask them like how are they doing what steps are doing having an action plan or something that will help us will help them to review and remember their own commitments to the values so don't be afraid to keep asking them that question you can maybe save save a life <laughs> but maybe you you can help them through the process yeah that's the last thing i i'll add got it this is probably helpful for all of you out there because if if you're listening to this you probably have a crush on either karina or i so now you know exactly how to to work with that and move forward with confidence so we're gonna leave you there if you guys have any questions you know please let us know and always you know we're happy to connect you with people if you don't have anybody in your life we can help get you an accountability partner or something like that so that you can talk about this stuff because we're meant to create a vision for our life and live in fulfilling that vision and if you're living in some deviated form of that it's no way to live so talk to us reach out to us thank you so much for listening say goodbye Karina. thank you bye bye <laughs> bye guys I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all, if you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.